Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome to another edition of Inside Arsenal. It is Friday, the weekend is very nearly here, people. So I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you're having a good end to your week, whatever it is you're up to and you're looking forward to a weekend that is going to be jam-packed of FA Cup third round action here over in England. It's already started actually with perhaps the most boring game or what we hope will be the most boring game of the entire third round weekend Crystal Palace versus Everton ending nil-nil last night. Why on earth that was picked as a TV game? I will have, I will never know. Stuck on ITV4 on a Thursday night, Palace versus Everton. Just, I, I just don't get that. Why would you pick that as a TV game? Surely there is a more interesting game featuring lower league teams in the third round than that. I mean, I can't even imagine what the viewing figures were for that last night but they can't have been very high at all. Featuring also one of the worst red cards you will ever see. Dominic Calvert-Lewin gets sent off for, I don't know what you'd even describe it as. Yes, it was a little bit high. The studs were high, but there was no force in it. The referee was five yards away. Doesn't give it, doesn't even give a foul. And yet VAR get involved and he ends up getting sent off. Just an absolute joke. VAR, just get rid of it. Honestly, I can't stand it. Absolutely ruining the game. But I'm not going to go into VAR rant. You've heard enough of those in the last probably four or five months from me. And there is quite a bit to talk about today. Mikel Arteta is speaking at his pre-match press conference ahead of the game against Liverpool a little bit later on today. I was going to be there. Unfortunately, I can't be because my son, as you know, as I've told you in the last couple of days, is not very well. We were hoping he might be able to be well enough to go back to school today, but he's not. So he's sitting in that room watching uh, watching videos of trains or cars or something on YouTube at the moment and uh, so I'm going to I'm looking after him today so I can't make it to Colney but I will watch the press conference a little bit later on see what Mikel Arteta has to say we'll find out the latest on team news that sort of stuff how he's going to approach the game against Liverpool see how Arsenal have reacted in the week following those two back-to-back defeats in the Premier League as well so keep your eyes tuned to the usual stuff from me 
on uh, from the press conference, even though I won't actually technically be there later on. But there is other stuff to talk about about uh, ahead of that press conference. Quite a bit of transfer stuff floating around that I thought we would discuss. We'll start with Jurel Hatto, um, player who has been linked with Arsenal before. Sam Dean, good friend of the show, good friend of mine, um, reporting yesterday further on Arsenal's interest in Jurel Hatto, uh, 17-year-old. Ajax defender, very, very talented, of course. We know that started every single game for Ajax this season. He's only 17, started every single game um, and already made his Dutch debut as well. Very talented defender who Arsenal are looking at. Sam reporting that it's more likely, if it does happen, that it would be a summer move. He has 18 months left on his contract. Um, so he's in a dangerous territory, shall we say, for Ajax. They are trying to get him to sign a new deal, whether he does or not remains to be seen. Even if he does, I wouldn't necessarily mean that ensures that he will stay at Ajax. He would just better protect them financially when they're uh, entering negotiations with um, any club after Hatto. And it's not just Arsenal after Hatto, by the sounds of it. Chelsea, of course, are another club who are keeping tabs on him. I'm sure there'll be plenty others around Europe as well, given his contract situation, given his talent, the fact he's playing so much right now. He fits the bill perfectly for Arsenal. Left back, we know that's an area they're looking to Potentially strengthen um, going forward. Can also play centre-back as well. Very technically gifted on the ball. Um, I'll hold my hands up for my limited knowledge of him. I'm no expert on Gerard Hatto by any means, but obviously looks like a really talented player. He's going to, he would follow the same path that Urien Timber made last season, which would help, you'd sure, with any sort of climatisation, having Timber there. He's spoken about Timber's move in the past, um, Hato, he gave an interview with uh, interview with EF, EFL, sorry, ELF Votebol in October. He said, I'm uh, talking about Timber, he said, unfortunately, he was seriously injured in his first Premier League game for Arsenal, but he's still young and has a bright future ahead of him. In any case, the move to Arsenal was a wonderful one for him. It is also my dream to one day make such a transfer, but I realise that I still have a very long way to go. Well, he might not have that long to go because it certainly sounds like interest in Hatto is uh, is increasing. It does sound like it's going to be one if it does happen for the summer. It will take a fair bit of money to sign Hatto, even though he's got 18 months left on that deal of his. Um, he's still a talented player, still got a lot of senior experience now, despite being so young. And so Ajax won't give him away cheap. So it will cost a fair bit of money. We know that could be an issue for Arsenal in January. And I still feel right now, if they are going to solve this left-back issue that they now have with Tomiyasu going and Zinchenko's injury and Timber being injured, still think it'll be more of a short-term loan deal. But we shall wait on see on that. But let me know any of you guys who know far more about Gerald Hatto than I do in terms of how he's come through in Holland, the way he's played this season. Do you think it'd be a good fit? You know, he's very young. Is that the sort of player that Arsenal need right now? Um, need going forward? Do you, would you like to see a more experienced player or is he talented enough and more of a, and a, you know, that sort of generational talent who can come in at that age and perform at a club at the level of Arsenal going for the competitions that they're going for? Let me know in the, uh, in the comments below. And look, if you're watching this on YouTube, do some Vlajevic. It's like we've gone back in time, Vlajevic being linked with Arsenal. Uh, so much so that Juventus have had to come out and say something. Uh, the Juventus director Cristiano Guantoli says a bid for Arsenal from no a bid from Arsenal for Dusan Vlajevic. We don't know anything about that story. There's nothing. Vlajevic is not for sale. So a very definitive statement there from Juventus on Vlajevic. Whenever I have I hear any links 
with Vlajevic at Arsenal. I take them all very much with a pinch of salt. I've spoken about this before in the years, what, a couple of years ago when it was all all the news, the whole summer, Arsenal trying to get Vlajevic, Arsenal trying to get Vlajevic. And it was just dominating the headlines for so long. He ended up, of course, moving to Juventus from Fiorentina. But the whole time that was all going on, I was being told from my sources at Arsenal to leave it alone, that the stories weren't right. You know, there was interest in him. Of course there was. He was a good striker. So he would have been on the, you know, clubs would have been looking at him and Arsenal would have been one of them. But I was always told, look, all these stories about Arsenal bidding for him and having bids rejected and, and stuff like that was just not the case. They weren't anything... The interest was nowhere near as concrete. It was being reported. Arsenal felt their name was just being used by Vlajevic's people, but also by Fiorentina to drive up the market for him because they knew Juventus wanted him. They wanted to get the price as high as possible. They wanted the money that was going to be on offer to him and the move and his people to be as high as possible. And Arsenal felt like they were being used in the whole scenario just to raise that profile and raise the possibility of the money in the deal going up. Um, you know, up and up and up before the deal was was done. So I never really reported on it at the time, despite all of the talk. And whenever I see his name now linked, it just takes me back to that. And so I always take it all very much for a pinch of salt. I haven't heard anything new on Vlajevic. I don't even know where these reports suddenly came from that prompted Juventus to come out and have to actually publicly talk about them. I'm sure it would come out over in Italy or, or, or somewhere because I haven't really seen them, certainly from not from anyone of note over here in England. And uh, so, yeah, if you were getting excited about Vlajevic, I mean, as I said, this is a fairly definitive statement from Juventus in the first place. But I would just temper that excitement anyway, just like I do. Just take it all with a little bit of pinch of salt because there's lots of noise around him. There was two years ago, and I'm sure... The noise now that's being generated might well be coming from the similar sort of areas as well. So take it all with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But we shall wait and see. Look, he's a very good striker. He's not at the best of times of it since he made the move from Fiorentina to Juventus. He struggled to really make that step up, maybe carry the burden of playing for a club of the size of the Juventus. Not done terribly, but he's not done spectacularly. I mean, he's a very talented striker. He's got a lot of strength you know, I think he could probably do a decent job in the Premier League, but for Arsenal, I'm not so sure. But we shall wait and see what happens in the summer if Vlajevic does indeed move from one striker to another. Ivan Tony, we've got some comments from Thomas Frank now, who appears to have pretty much once and for all ended the talk of Tony potentially going this this January transfer window. Of course, if someone whacks down £100 million on the table to Brentford, then I'm sure that is something that they would consider and that would open the possibility of the move. But I just cannot see anyone, certainly not Arsenal, putting down £100 million on the table for Ivan Tony in January. So again, if you're really desperate for Ivan Tony to join this summer, uh, this window, sorry, in January, I think you might end up being a little bit disappointed. Thomas Frank talking about it yesterday, he said, if I could ever recommend that, and it's not for me to say yes or no, that's for Phil Giles and Matthew Benham, the Brentford sort of sporting directors. It would need to be unbelievable. So he will stay there. And when he says it would need to be unbelievable, he's talking about the money on offer. That any bid that comes in to tempt Brentford would have to be unbelievable for Tony. So he will stay here. I don't think I've had one press conference where I haven't been talking about Ivan in the last year. So, yes, you're more than welcome to talk about Ivan. He's a fantastic person and a fantastic player. But he's a Brentford player. He's here. Clearly, we miss a few offensive players, so I can't see why we would sell him. And I'd love to have him here for a longer time. And of course, he's talking about, you know, I think Vitter's injured now. Mbwemo's injured. 
or uh, or Vissa might be going, or might be away at Afcon. But they're lo- they're missing an awful lot of attacking players, and Tony's just about to come back. And like he said, if anything's going to happen with Ivan Tony, it would have to be an unbelievable bid in January to get Brentford to cash in on him now. And I just can't see that happening for Arsenal for a multitude of reasons that I've spoken about in previous videos. I'm sure you've all heard me say, but just the fact that price tag 100 million for Ivan Tony, just can't see it happening. Small details are big surfaces, tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Okay, as I said at the start of the video, Mikel Arteta will be holding his press conference a little bit later on at London Colony, 1.30pm. That is due to start. Some interesting uh, things for him to discuss. I'm sure we'll find out the latest team news. Maybe we'll find out a little bit more about um, Alexander Zinchenko. You know, what's going on with it, with him? Have Arsenal had that assessment now? Do they know how long he's going to be out for? Could he potentially return this weekend against Liverpool? All that, I'm sure, will be discussed in the press conference a little bit later. be interesting to see how Arsenal have reacted to that defeat against Fulham. Mikel Arteta was really, really crestfallen in the post-match presser at Craven Cottage, one of the lowest I've seen him, certainly since the uh, Brighton game at the end of last season. Yeah, he knew that was an unacceptable performance. He said it as well. And um, it'll be interesting to see what sort of mood he's in and how he sort of how he sums up what the mood's been like at London Colney. Since then, I'm sure he'll be talked about. He'll be talking about Arsenal's lack of goals. I'm sure he'll give fairly flat back uh, answers when it comes to the transfer window and what Arsenal could or could not do in the, the coming weeks. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see what what Mikel Arteta has to say. Seems like everyone wants Arsenal to go strong. And actually, I've got some comments and questions on this, and uh, let me find the right one for you uh, before I uh, move on to the other questions. Actually, it was the last one, the last slide I've prepared. So let me flick through to this because I don't actually know, and I haven't gone back to see what I said yesterday. But talking about the sort of team news and how I think Arsenal should approach Liverpool, I'm not sure what I said yesterday. But just reading all these comments, here's one from Guna184 says, "What on earth is Charles talking about when he says rest in players? There is no league game for nearly two weeks after Sunday's game. It's also against Liverpool." Go full strength and try and win the only competition we stand any chance of winning. Patrick says we don't need to rest anyone. These guys need to play. We don't have a game game until the 21st, strongest team. Joe says Arsenal aren't going to win the Premier League or the Champions League, clearly. So why would you rest players in the only cup we have a chance in? Plus, after that, they have 12 days off. Got to start the strongest 11, in my opinion. I don't know what I said yesterday, <laughs> seeing all these responses. I don't know what I said yesterday because I, I agree. I think Arsenal should go very, very strong. I think Ramsdale should start. I said that's probably the only change, that or Jorginho. I think those are the only two changes I would make. But other than that, I think it should be a full-strength team, 100%. I don't see why you would make you would make changes in this one. I wasn't floating the idea of, you know, the youngsters all playing tomorrow or Cedric coming in at right-back or anything like that. I think they should go very, very strong. He needs to go very strong. Arsenal need to respond from these last two defeats. 
you know, if they lose again at the weekend against Liverpool, that's three successive defeats. They're out of the FA Cup. They're already out of the Carabao Cup. You know, they're five points off the top in the in the uh, Premier League. It'd be awful if Arsenal go out of the FA Cup at the third round stage. So 100%, all these comments, I agree with you. I think there should be a couple of changes, but I don't think Jorginho is not a case of um, making it a weaker team. I actually think it will make Arsenal a stronger team against Liverpool. That's why I think he should come in. Declan Rice should move ahead. Um, into Kai Havertz's role and play alongside Martin Odegaard. And I just think that will make Arsenal a stronger proposition this weekend against Liverpool. And look, Ramsdale, Raya, I think it's all, you know, give or take. I do think Raya's just about the better goalkeeper, but Ramsdale's, you know, a very good goalkeeper as well. So I don't think that dramatically weakens a team. I just think it's important for our Ramsdale's to start this game. So, yeah, that's my thought of it. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what Mikel does talk about in the press conference when it comes to his thoughts on the game and how Arsenal should approach it. But yeah, 100%, I agree. You know, I'm not sitting here saying that Arsenal should uh, should throw this game or anything. I, I think strongest team absolutely should be the case. Okay, Sulak here has been has, uh, responded. Now, I don't know if you've seen it. Myself and James Benj did inside Arsenal extra time last night. Went out about five o'clock in the evening. You haven't seen the video yet or listened to it on the podcast. It is down there in the, in the feeds. Go and give it a listen. We sort of based it a lot around Arsenal's you know, January, do they need to sell some players now to give themselves a chance of bringing players in and strengthening the squad? You know, we're focusing mainly on the players that clearly Mikel does not have at the top of his pecking order, your Smith Rose, your Nelsons, your um we did mention in Ketia, but Ketia is quite high up in the pecking order, obviously, with Arsenal as well, but Aaron Ramsdale as well. And uh Sulap responded said, How do you sell players for a hundred thousand pounds a week? It will be the same problem that Arsenal had with Pepe and Ozil. These players will go on loan and then be released on a free or paid leave. The Arsenal management team are useless in player management. Paying Havertz 280 grand a week is insane. First of all, I'm not sure about that Havertz wage as well. You know, I've seen all the talk from Germany about what he's on, but again, I'll take that all with a pinch of salt. Maybe with bonuses it get uh, pretty high but I'm not sure Arsenal are giving Kai Havertz 280 grand a week um but look when you said how do you sell average players for 100 grand a week 100 grand a week is kind of average for the Premier League now so you know as James said yesterday when Arsenal were negotiating with Reese Nelson and other clubs were interested in Brighton offered him 80 grand a week and you know that that's Brighton who you know financially are not powerhouse when it comes to the Premier League but they they can offer those sort of wages so I don't think 100 grand a week you're not going to you're not in the Ozil Pepe territory of having them stuck there on that sort of wages I think now because of the money that's swilling around in the Premier League a lot of clubs can afford that especially if you're a top half club and I think top half clubs will be well we know Crystal Palace are looking at Eddie Nketiah and are really keen on signing Eddie Nketiah right now it's Arsenal that are stopping that happening um but if Arsenal were to suddenly decide, yeah, okay, well, we might sell Eddie. Then, then I'm I'm sure Crystal Palace won't be put off by the wages that Eddie Nketiah is earning at Arsenal. And I think the same would be said for players like Smith Rowe and Reese Nelson as well. So I don't think Arsenal are in position that they were with Özil or Pepe with those sort of players. It might not be the easiest, but I do think there are you know the the wages that those players are are earning is not going to stop Arsenal from being able to move them on, especially as they're English, clearly talented and still pretty young as well. Uh, here's one from TDTM82 says we're really lacking in consistency. If we can get 30 to 40 million each for ESR, Nelson, and Ketia and buy a superb striker, sell KT for 25 million, we've got the firepower, but we really need to be smart. We have to sell, we have to invest, but how are we going to do this properly? We need depth, but Vieira is so inconsistent. We've got we've not got the reserves of other PL clubs, but we have got youth and Liverpool without Mo are a different side, just like City without De Bruyne. Uh, we've still got players on loan like Marquinhos. And we're at the point where we really need to evaluate the whole squad and pinpoint a superstar to level us 
in the finishing. Jesus is amazing, but so inconsistent. We probably need a coach for our strikers. Some interesting points there. Um, 30 to 40 million each for ESR, Nelson and Ketia. I'm not sure. Certainly for Nelson, I don't think you're going to get anything like that. Uh, in Ketia, I think you probably could get around the 30 to 40 million part mark for Nketiah, which I know a lot of people look at and scoff at, but I really do think that's the figure that Arsenal should be looking at for Nketiah. I think Smith Rowe around 30 million just because of his lack of game time, really. KT for 25 million, look, I'd love that. He, I think he's worth that, but I think he needs a really strong end to the season. Second half of the season, he needs to stay fit as well as Sociedad for Arsenal to be able to demand that sort of stuff. But yeah, they do need, look, this is a really important time for Arsenal now in terms of squad building, maybe not right now in January, but certainly in the summer. And I agree, they do need that new kind of superstar to really take them up another level. I love Gabriel Jesus. I think he's got a huge part to play in Arsenal over the next few years, but they clearly need another striker. I think when you look at the, you look at the squad, you look at where they need to improve to go up another level. They've done some really good business, but they do absolutely need that that killer kind of striker and Eddie clearly is just not that. And so you could, there's, when you look at where the upgrade's going to come in the summer, that will be it. But it's about getting it right. Those sort of strikers don't grow on trees. You talk about, you know, your, um, your Harlands and your Salas and Arsenal need one of their own killers to be like that or superstar to be that sort of team. They don't grow on trees. They? They're very hard to find. And, even if you sign someone you think is going to be an absolute star, it doesn't always pan out like that. So it's going to be very difficult, but fingers crossed. I mean, you know, you know my thoughts. I'm a big awesome men fan and I would love to see that move happen in the summer, but we shall see. CDL Gaming says, sell Eddie Trossard. Um, sell Eddie and Trossard is a new main backup for the number nine. Moves in Chenko at the field as a backup winger where we can better utilise his technical stuff. We don't need to worry about his defensive shortcomings. Bringing a fullback that can stay fit defend like Tommy and White are capable of. That's what I want to see this January. Yeah, I asked Mikel about the whole Zinchenko moving him in further up into midfield a few weeks ago. He said it was something that they could do. We haven't seen it yet, so I'm not sure that is going to happen. I don't think you sell Eddie unless you bring someone in. I, I see what you mean about Trossard being the, the number nine, the backup number nine. I think that's his best position for Arsenal. But I, I think if you're going to sell Eddie and you're not going to bring anyone in this window, what's the point in selling Eddie? You may as well just keep him and then sell him in the summer. So... I'm not sure on that. And yeah, look, bringing a fullback, I think that's essential. I think it's really important. I think that's what Arsenal push to do, whether they can do it or whether they manage to do it. In the end, they find someone they think is good enough. We'll have to wait and see. But I do think that bringing in a fullback uh, that can stay fit for the second half of the season and provide the cover that Arsenal need is very, very important as well. Right. Thanks for your comments and your questions, as always, everyone. So I will pop back on later on today and discuss what Mikel Arteta had to say in his press conference to keep your eyes peeled to that for me. It starts at 1.30pm today at London Colney. Again, I'm not going to be there because I've got to look after my boy, but I will be watching and uh, paying attention to what he has to say. So I will give my thoughts on it after the press conference has finished. Until then, have a very good Friday wherever you are. Enjoy your day. I'll speak to you very, very soon. Bye-bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.